What's good, everybody? Welcome to episode number 44, the Tom Rathman edition of the Gold Standard Podcast. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera, and back from vacation, renewed, refreshed, looking good, looking comfortable, Levin Black. What's up, Levin? I missed you. <laughs> well, this is the Tom Rathman edition. I think we need to have some like Tecmo Bowl theme song playing <laughs> behind this entire episode. <laughs> so whenever we do these, I always like to give a little information on the player. And I was late joining this little session. And the reason is, Levin, because as I'm looking up things about Tom Rathman, I saw on his Wikipedia page that he had five kickoff returns for 103 yards in his career which is a little weird because if you don't know Tom Rathman was a fullback so I got like engrossed in this I couldn't look away so I had to go to his pro football reference page to see like how how the hell did this happen were they onside kick returns did he happen to break one for like a touchdown and then had a bunch of others where he gained no yards like I needed this story on this so I was knee deep in Tom Rathman kick return stats before I joined the recording session. And now, ladies and gentlemen, I know why he had a legit excuse, as he told me before we recorded, for being late. I had to wait on him for an entire minute. <laughs> Turns out, by the way, that he Tom Rathman didn't have a long kick return. He had about just five returns of about an average of 20 yards each, which, as a fullback, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I am too young to truly remember his kick returns. I wonder if it was one of those cases of uh, a uh, Kyle Williams scare. Oh, you fumbled? Okay, we're just going to give it to a guy we know is not going to fumble, and he can get whatever he wants, and then our offense is going to do everything else. Yeah, it's entirely possible, but I don't know. Kudos to you, Tom Rathman. In the 49ers Hall of Fame, two-time Super Bowl champ, was with the organization as a player and a coach for about 23 years, so we love Tom Rathman, he had the famous line, you know, as a fullback. He said, if you need two yards, I'll get you three. If you need four yards, I'll get you three. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I think my version of that, you could just put it as a fraction instead. If you needed .2 yards, I'll get you .3. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, just fall forward, right? That's all we're looking for, Levin. Um, So, okay, as we record this, we are coming off the state of the franchise, the little glorified pep rally that the 49ers do every year. Um, And there were a few takeaways uh, that came out of that, just things that that jumped out to me. I want to get your reaction to them, Levin. First and foremost, we all knew this already, but it's official now. The red 94 throwback jerseys, which are actually 1955 throwback jerseys, are officially back. The 49ers are going to wear them four times this year. The best uniform in 49ers history is back, and I love it. I think this is going to be the episode where everybody learns to hate me if they didn't already. It's cool. I don't, like, this is not something I care for big announcements for. Wear the jersey. I think it's awesome when they wear throwbacks. I love the throwbacks. I love the old jerseys more than the new jerseys. But I'm not going to go buy it. I don't get all rah-rah over it. It's a jersey. I care about the games. I hate you. (laughs) Do, Do you hate fun? Do you dislike fun, enjoyment, happiness? Do you have some sort of a problem with that? 
No, I love fun. That's why I don't play Madden anymore, Mr. Fanboy over there. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, we are planning for the SB Nation NFL show a deep dive into this year's Madden game because we've got a lot of problems with Madden. And we are talking to EA Sports to try and get one of the developers of the game on the show. Maybe you should come on and co-host that just so you could yell at them. (laughs) Yeah, I played Madden every year from about... I think 95 to about in 2011, 2012. And uh, I have not bought a copy since. Like, I will... The game hasn't changed since then in nine <laughs> years. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, I stopped... Like, I literally bought it every year for 20-plus years. I bought it when I was 10 years old, you know? And then it just got to crap. And I think what they did is they lost sight of a majority of fans. What they did is they started making the game highly technical and BS for the pro players. And they started building the game for the pro players in their pro league and lost sight of the masses who buy it just to have fun. That's like maybe the first time I've ever heard you say the word fun. So that's that's a little weird for me. But I don't want to lose <laughs> track of what we're talking about. The red jerseys are back. The first time they're going to wear them is week three. That's the home opener against the Packers, Levin. And that was one of my first takeaways. Like, that game is going to be insane. Just think about what's going to be happening. Potentially, potentially, we don't know this, but the 49ers could be 2-0 and because they open with Detroit and Philly. Those are easily winnable games for the 49ers. So they could be 2-0. and It's the first home game of the season. It's the first time fans are in Levi's Stadium since the NFC Championship game in 2019 against the Packers. They happen to be playing the Packers in week three this year. It's Nick Bosa's return from injury, who we haven't seen. The game is on Sunday night football. It is going to be a madhouse in Levi's. And I know this goes without saying, but if Aaron Rodgers isn't there for the Packers, they're fucked. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, there could be a whole dynamic about this where it's a Niners home opener and none of the press is talking about the Niners. Because if Aaron Rodgers is in a true holdout, like he's threatening, that's going to be the storyline is that Aaron Rodgers is not there. And if he ends up traded, well, this game becomes all about the Niners because the Packers aren't going to be very good anymore. (laughs) So this is one of those games that could be wild. It could be like... A, a battle of two contending teams or a ass whooping by the Niners on the Packers, which I guess if history repeats itself, it will be that anyways, whether Aaron Rodgers is there or not. And potentially it could be Trey Lance's first home game as well. We don't know if he's going to be the starter, but that could also happen. So that scene in Levi's is going to be crazy. And if you don't think the 49ers have a home field advantage at Levi's, you're wrong. During the playoffs and in big games in 2019, that place was rocking, man. I mean, it's not as bad, you know, it's not as good as Seattle's home field advantage, but Levi's can get pretty damn loud. Yeah, it's actually one of the uh, disappointments I have of their new stadium. I wish they built it with acoustics more in mind so that they could rival the Seattle and the Kansas City, which people always tend to forget about. Uh, because Seattle gets so much love due to the earthquake, you know, beast mode run. But Kansas City, actually, if I'm not mistaken, they keep flip-flopping. But Kansas City has the sound record, the highest decibel reading at any sporting event. So 
Like, they should be put in there, but that's a sidetrack, of course. I just wish Levi Stadium was a little more acoustically made, and I thought they were going to do that when they were building it, and then it turns out they didn't. But you are right. When when it's a big game, it's one of the – we should say it's one of the fan bases where they've had so many big games that when it's, you know, the Detroit Lions visiting Levi Stadium, and the fans are going to be there, but they're not going to be as – crazy because they've experienced so many big games and green bay is one of those games that people come out for 100 percent. so that'll be the first time they wear the red throwback jerseys they're going to wear those four times they're going to wear them against the colts on october 24th against the rams on november 15th and the falcons on december 19th i feel like the 49ers always play the falcons in december i don't know why uh, and then they're also going to wear the white throwbacks December 5th against Seattle, which I feel like now, because of what happened at the end of 2019, they always have to wear the white throwbacks against Seattle. And they'll also wear them December 23rd against the Titans. So six games this year, the 49ers get to wear the throwback jersey. They had to petition the league to get that because you're only usually allowed to wear an alternate jersey twice a year. But the Niners went to the NFL and they get to do it six times, although, Levin, sadly, they are not allowed to wear the throwbacks in the playoffs. That is against league rules, which stinks because you know if the Niners made the playoffs, they would want to go with the jerseys they wore the last time they won a Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't like that NFL policy. You know, that's an example of the no fun league NFL, uh, which I should say has dissipated a little bit in recent years. The NFL has started to kind of loosen the the reins a little bit with when it comes to that you know they allow teams to celebrate and stuff but that's still one of those things and it it doesn't make there's no reason for it you know what i mean like let them wear what they want to wear and what fans want to see but i do i would be remiss if i didn't zero back into they get aware of them during the north dakota bowl the wentz the wentz that's uh, what that game yeah that's what that game has to be called lance and wentz you know, it's the North Dakota Bowl, and apparently they are somewhat friendly with each other, even though I don't believe they were at NDSU at the same time. I think Lance came the year after Wentz, but uh, Lance was just at Wentz's charity stuff uh, this past week. So yes. those two know each other, and hopefully Lance is starting then so that we can truly get that, because I think that would be an interesting storyline to that game. Every game I feel like on the Niners schedule is more interesting if Trey Lance is the starter. <laughs> like it just is, especially like the week eight game against the Bears could be Lance against Fields. That would be incredible. We've talked about it a couple of times. Hey, here. hey, hey, Andy Dalton is QB one. OK, don't uh, dismiss. <laughs> yeah, OK, we'll see about that. Uh, speaking of Trey Lance, Levin, I was a little surprised and all the press photos that the Niners put out yesterday no sign of Trey Lance in the 94 throwbacks. Jimmy Garoppolo was featured a lot. I'm surprised no Trey Lance, considering you could argue right now he's one of the faces of this franchise. Well, that, and if they make a throwback version of his jersey, it's going to be the top-selling throwback jersey there is. Like, that would be the highest-selling throwback jersey if Trey Lance gets one, which I would assume they would, because why wouldn't he? But, yeah, I mean... It's surprising, but it's also not surprising. It's one of those typical old-school mind games, and Kyle's kind of old-school in some of those things. You know, he's a rookie quarterback. He has a 
starter he considers is the established starter. So if you have Trey Lance sitting there prominent, that's kind of sending the wrong message for what he's trying to preach right now. I thought maybe they would do one with both of them, like Jimmy and Lance. By the way, if you look, Niner Nate already has purchased his Trey Lance red 49ers throwback jersey. He he tweeted a picture of it at Niner Nate 49 on Twitter if you want to see that. He is already uh, on board with that. Nate goes quick, man. When stuff 49ers stuff goes on sale, Nate pounces. I struggle to pull the trigger. I really, in all honesty, like I used to wear jerseys all the time. You know, I, I was literally, I used to go to BW3s every Monday Night Football to play the predict the play thing. I won a competition playing that, and I, I was known as Owens there because I always wore my Terrell Owens every Monday for like <laughs> five years. But I really, I can't even remember. I'm, I'm looking at my closet, which is next to me. I can't remember the last jersey I bought just because I got burned on the last couple I bought. You know, like I bought Alex Smith in his rookie year. That took like six years to be wearable without getting crap thrown at me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I bought, uh, I did get a couple years out of Patrick Willis, but then he retired early. You know, I've just been kind of burned and I've kind of aged and I don't know, I'm of the opinion I've, I've put on weight and fat guys don't look good in jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't bought a jersey. I the Trey have, Lance, I, I would consider, but like I said, I, I bought our highly drafted quarterback as a rookie jersey in the past, and it burned me, so I'm probably just going to wait. <laughs> that is one thing I've learned. You have to wait. Don't jump the gun on the jersey, because a lot can happen. I mean, Colin Kaepernick signed a big deal with the 49ers. You thought, okay, now it's safe to get his jersey. No, not the case. Jimmy Garoppolo signed a big deal with the 49ers. You might have thought it was safe to get his jersey, and he's not going to be on the team maybe as soon as halfway through this year. So be cautious there. I did buy a Kittle jersey last year. It was the first jersey I had bought in over a decade. Uh, I don't (laughs) wear it. I usually just wear it on Sundays or game day. I don't usually wear it like out and about, but I'm also not ashamed to wear it out. Like I wear it wherever. I'm not one of those grown men shouldn't wear jerseys guys. That I have no tolerance for that. Right. Uh, I mean, so you did remind me. I did buy, and this is the one that kind of clinched it to where I haven't bought one since. I was in San Francisco eight years ago, I think, for a Niners game, and I walked into the Nike store downtown. San Francisco, yep. and they had a special edition. I believe that was the only place that it was sold, and I actually think it's individually numbered, but it's an all-red Kaepernick, meaning the numbers, the lettering, everything is redded out. And you, like, I, I've Googled this, and I can't even find an image of it. I can't find an image of it, and I spent, it was like extra money. I spent like 140 bucks on it instead of, you know, the normal 100 or whatever. And, yeah, I got... Like one, what, two years out of it? <laughs> Do you still have it? Can you tweet a picture yeah. of that? Yeah, I would have to get it out of a box. I I had it, uh, I have not opened the box. I stopped, like I said, I stopped kind of wearing jerseys. So I uh, hung, I got a bunch of like gold hangers and I hung them in my man cave in North Dakota. And in the year and a half since, I have not really had a use because my house now, I don't have the man cave. I don't have a massive basement to where I can do whatever I want with it. So that box has not been unpacked, but I can go find it. But yeah, it's, it, I, w- I loved that jersey because it was so unique and I thought it looked so nice. 
And yeah, like I said, I got like two years out of it. That is pretty cool. Uh, definitely tweet a picture of that at LT Black Niners, and uh, we will retweet that from the Niners Nation podcast account at NN Podcast as well, because I kind of want to see this thing myself. Uh, one more note about the jerseys, and then we'll take a break and get to some of the other sort of harder news coming out of this thing. I have said that I think that the Niners are going to switch their road jerseys to just be the 94 white throwbacks. I think that's coming. Do you think it's possible that the Niners just flip the jerseys and make the throwbacks the actual regular home and road jerseys? Uh, I think the franchise might be open to that idea, but I don't think Nike or you know the, the uh, jersey maker would be in the NFL because they cost them money. Because if you have a throwback jersey and a regular jersey – you get to double up on sales. There's some overlap there where people buy both every year. So I think that it would cost them sales and they wouldn't be open to the idea. The jersey maker has a lot more say than people realize. Like that contract that the NFL signs, and I say jersey maker because it's been Reebok in the past. I believe in the 90s it was even Wilson or something like that. I have a Wilson Steve Young jersey, so I'm assuming they were the official. But they... uh they have a lot of say on what can be done with the jerseys, the designs, and how they can go. And it's actually written into the contract that they can deny a redesign. They have the ability to tell a team, no. I did not know that. Are you sure about that? Yeah, I think it's not like just a straight up, okay, this team's changing their jersey for the first time in 10 years. They can say no. But if they've done a recent change... They can say oh, no okay. due to like production cost of changing everything. So it, ha- it would have to be like the Niners change their jersey and two years later they're like, nah, let's change back. They, the jersey maker can actually say no in that case. Well, there you go. See, I did not know that. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, I want to get into something that Kyle Shanahan said last night. Most of the interviews that took place were just like glorified puffery. But there was one thing that Kyle said that really jumped out to me because I think it gives a clue as to why he thinks they'll be better than they were last year, regardless of the injuries. We're back here on the Gold Standard Podcast. All right, Levin, before we went to break, I said that Kyle Shanahan said one interesting thing coming out of last night. He did an interview with Greg Papa, and they were talking about, you know, the season coming up and expectations and all that, and it was largely softballs. But the one thing Kyle said was, He's most excited to actually get in-person workouts, OTAs, all that stuff, because his exact quote was, we are more than what our roster says. And what he basically implied is they've got a bunch of grinders, a bunch of dudes that just love playing football, and he thinks that they are better when they get the chance to do that and grind it out and that maybe the 49ers roster consists of a lot of guys that are like that so that they might be better than last year just based on the fact that they actually get to show up and work out in person this year. Yeah, it's almost, I I think what you're getting at is they feed off each other. When you have a bunch of competitive uh, maniacs like that, I mean, let's put it the way it is, you know, when you get a George Kittle in the same room as, let's say, Kyle Juszczyk, you know, those guys are workout warriors. They feed off each other. You know, you, you get a Nick Boza in there. You know, everybody knows how freakishly big he is. You get him in there, Kittle's going to try to match him, you know, things like that. Like, And not just actual workouts, like practice, too. You know, now granted, they had practice last year, but they they had some injuries and things like that. So this year, they 
having a Nick Boza healthy and things like that, like there's a lot of reason why they could improve, not just because they're necessarily getting better players back onto the field, but because they're getting players in practice that will help everybody else elevate. I completely agree with you. There were teams last year that were better set up to deal with the pandemic and all the the restrictions that had to be put in place. One of those, obviously the team that won the Super Bowl, the Buccaneers with Brady, because I feel like Brady is just a straight up leader. His presence alone is enough to get guys to either go to offsite workouts or just to honestly, like just inspire them to straight up do it on their own because that's the, he's just a guy that you follow. I don't know that the 49ers have a guy like that, that can get people to do that when they're not with them. But they do have the kind of roster, like you said, where if they're all together, they do feed off one another. And I think that was something that Kyle brought up specifically. He said, we have an advantage over other teams. I think it's part of the roster building process that the 49ers, you know, incorporated into how they want to build this team. They wanted a bunch of guys like that. I think that they think there's a tangible effect to that. And so they're hoping that that effect obviously now can impact their team since everybody's going to be back together. Yeah, I mean, plus they got that stoic leader in Jimmy G. (laughs) Give him his due. That is one thing he actually does have. He is a good leader. Eh, We'll see. I'm interested (laughs) to see what kind of a leader Trey Lance is going to be. Jimmy's not a vocal guy, though. Maybe Trey Lance will be. Jimmy's not a vocal guy. I wonder how much behind the scenes he gets to be vocal. Because Tom Brady's somebody that you don't really see him vocal all too often, except when, you know, obviously if he's mad at you because he didn't execute a play. Mm-hmm. But Brady's not overly vocal either. But behind the scenes, supposedly he's very vocal. So I wonder how much Jimmy is like that. But Trey Lance, like, he's, from what we're seeing this offseason, he's checking the boxes that that are the biggest question mark, like I've said repeatedly on this show, when it comes to drafting a quarterback. You don't know how much he's going to be willing to put in the extra effort because a quarterback can't just show up to practice and do their, do their you know workout to stay in shape and be good. The quarterback's got to be obsessed. They got to be in the film room. They got to be breaking down things, finding the little nuances to give them that little tiny bit of a t- tick of a second faster in delivering their passes. And he's pretty much, from all reports, stayed around and been working out with Mohamed Sanu a lot. And basically just running through the 49ers playbook so that he can have it down as best as you possibly can. And that, to me, is the type of person that a team could feed off. When you have somebody that's crazy prepped and ready to go at all times and is willing to sit and put in extra time working out, throwing you know an extra 50 passes after practice or whatever he's doing, that is something that elevates others and makes others want to say, well, if the quarterback is doing it, I better stick around and put in extra effort too. Did you see the comments from Mike Garofolo this week who basically said the Niners are going to go with Lance as soon as he's ready? So it's not more, it's not like, well, if Jimmy struggles, they'll go to Lance. It's more Lance is going to get in there when he's ready, regardless of what Jimmy Garoppolo and the team is doing. How do you feel about that? I mean, duh. You don't draft a guy third overall. And he's ready to go. And you go, okay, you can sit and wait. You know, you don't do that. When he's ready, he's ready. But Kyle Shanahan's definition of ready is probably different than most head coaches because his ready is 
you know every bit of the playbook. You're not going to limit me in what I'm what I can call because you don't know enough of the playbook yet. So that is really, I think, the biggest determining factor is when does Trey Lance get enough of the playbook that Kyle Shanahan feels like he's not limited in what he can call? And we saw the same thing when they traded for Garoppolo. He didn't throw Garoppolo in there right away. They waited multiple weeks in order for Jimmy to get enough of the playbook, at least, to where he was functional once he got in there. So we'll probably see the same thing from Lance. Um, Two other interviews that took place last night, George Kittle and Fred Warner. Again, most of this stuff is puffery. I thought one one funny thing was uh, they asked Warner to describe the defense, and he just said one word, scary. And uh, it could potentially be that if if Bosa comes back strong and Armstead's able to go, you know, back to the inside and Kinlaw takes a leap forward, that potentially is what it could be. And I think the players are hyped about D'Amico Ryans being the defensive coordinator. I think they are not as worried about it as I seem to be or or some of maybe Niners Nation podcasters seem to be like they're they think it's going to be like throw them in there and let's go. Did you see the workouts of Samson? Uh, Samson Abukum? Yeah, I mean, he's he's a workout freak. Yeah, like, that got me more pumped than almost anything recently. But I do have a bold prediction out there that he's going to be really, really good filling in for that forward because all the attention is going to have to go to the other side of the line. And he's a sneaky good player that the Rams didn't need to go crazy going after the quarterback as much because they already had dominant pass rushers. I think he's going to have a very sneaky, potentially Pro Bowl caliber season, and those workouts only confirm that to me because I think the one thing that makes people question is, is he big enough you know, to be truly a defensive end instead of a linebacker defensive end tweener? And those videos show that he's got the strength to probably be a true defensive end on the other end, they're uh, opposite of Nick Boza. So Kenny Arthur of Turf Show Times, the Rams community here at SB Nation, joined Niner Nate and Leo this week uh, to wrap up their NFC West preview. And they asked about Samson Abukum. And Kenny's response is basically like, look, if Abukum was going to be this great sack artist, we would have seen it already. And so he was kind of poo-pooing. He said, you know, three to four sacks is probably what you're going to get from him. But don't think he's going to be like a totally different player than he was with the Rams. So he kind of poo-pooed your uh, your point there, Levin. Yeah, we'll see. Players break out, and especially when given different roles, things change, you know. He's going to have a different role than he did with the Rams. He's going to have a role where it's basically get the hell up, up the field Every single play. You know, we saw players last year talk about when the Niners went to the wide nine that it kind of simplified or simplified things for them because instead of the, you know, well, if this happens, I got to go here. And if this happens, I got to go there. It was get up the field. Just get up the field as fast as you can. And he is an athletic freak who excels at when told get to this spot as fast as you possibly can. Athletic freaks. All gas, no brakes. Oh, no, wait, that guy's the head coach of the Jets now. My bad. Uh, Last thing before we go, just want to give a little love, say congratulations to two legends. Patrick Willis and John Taylor are going to go into the 49ers Hall of Fame this year. Uh, I'm surprised it's taken John Taylor this long to get in. He hasn't exactly been an active player in recent history, but Patrick Willis obviously was around 
far more recently than that. They were both in the state of the franchise. Obviously, they were very happy and humble, blah, blah, blah. Any issue with Willis and Taylor going into the Team Hall of Fame? Mm, issue would be too strong of a word, but uh, I'll say I wasn't, I'm not as surprised that it took John Taylor so long. Like, he has a bit of an exaggerated history with Niner fans because he did do so much in the playoffs. He has some iconic plays. Uh, I'm not trying to take away from him, but he's also a guy that had 5,500 total career yards in a 10-year career with the Niners. Like, it's not like he put up these jaw-dropping seasons. He had two Pro Bowls early in his career. He was a really good wide receiver, and I do think that if he didn't play opposite of Jerry Rice, he probably would have put up some bigger numbers. But at the end of the day, he's somebody that had 5,500 career yards. So going in the ring of honor when you had 5,500 career yards is pretty unique. I would bet that there's nobody in any other team's ring of honor or whatever they call it that had fewer yards in the modern era. Obviously, people from way back in the day, yeah, they had less because teams weren't passing as much. But like that, that's not very many career yards. He has this, just uh, say what it is, an exaggerated sense of what he was because of he was on three Super Bowl teams. And had the game-winning catch in one of those Super Bowls. Exactly. Uh, like I said, he had iconic plays. So his idea of how good he truly was and how big his career was is a bit exaggerated. Levin Black hates John Taylor. You heard it here first. The human wet blanket, once again, trying to poo-poo. I kind of see what your point is, but also when it comes to a team Hall of Fame, I'm pretty much like put anybody in that you want. Um, And the fact is, John Taylor does have iconic moments. Jerry Rice uh, has said in the past that he thought John Taylor could have been as good as he was. He just didn't work as hard as Jerry Rice, which, shocker, who did work as hard as Jerry Rice but, I mean, Taylor has some big moments. The Super Bowl catch, obviously. The two 90-yard touchdowns against the Rams that Jed York talked about last night. Like, he does have iconic moments. The problem is, like, the 49ers Team Hall of Fame going to be getting pretty crowded. Like, they are a franchise that is just loaded with great players in their history. Uh, Patrick Willis surely gets in. Do you think Navarro Bowman will get in one day? He should. I mean, he made all pro teams. He made more. Uh, he made a lot of Pro Bowls, and he made a... I want to say two All-Pros, or it was either two or three. Uh, Patrick Willis obviously made five, so I mean, he, Patrick Willis is kind of in a different class, only due to the injury Bowman suffered probably, but it is what it is. But I would put Bowman in. I think the real question mark one becomes somebody who didn't start with the Niners. Do you put a Justin Smith in? Because he had multiple All-Pros too. That's an interesting one. By the way, Bowman had four All-Pros, three Pro Bowls, which never makes sense to me. How do you have more All-Pros when that is the best at your position than Pro Bowls, which, I mean, everybody, I think I made a Pro Bowl a couple years ago. That's how many people get into this damn thing. The Justin Smith is interesting. If they had won the Super Bowl, I would think, yes, he gets in. But the fact that they didn't win the Super Bowl might hold him back a little bit. But I think you can make a team Hall of Fame if you don't start with that team. I mean, hell, Steve Young didn't start with the 49ers. So that's not an obstacle. He didn't play a majority of his career with the Niners. Like It's not like he spent his rookie contract with one team and then came over and spent a decade with the Niners. He spent six, seven, maybe eight years with the Cincinnati Bengals and then spent, what, like five with the Niners? Like, No, actually, he split it. Seven and seven, really? believe it or not. Was it seven? He was here seven years? Yeah, he came over in 2008. You just don't remember that because they they didn't have the uh, 
they didn't have the success he did, you know, in 2011, 2012, yada, yada. But yeah, I think he's an interesting case because he did make those multiple Pro Bowls and he was, uh, I, I have no problem saying he was the best defensive lineman on those teams. He was much better than Alden Smith. As great as Alden Smith was in getting to the quarterback, he got to the quarterback in large part because Justin Smith was taking on two people and beating them often. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget the Justin Smith sack. I believe it was of Drew Brees, where he's literally just shoving the offensive lineman into the backfield, and he grabs Brees with one hand and just drags him down. Now, obviously, it's not Cam Newton. It's Drew Brees. is a smaller guy, but he's still fully engaged with the offensive lineman and is dragging Drew Brees down he was one of the strongest dudes I've ever seen on a football field. If you look up country strong in a dictionary, <laughs> it has a picture of Justin Smith. <laughs> Cause like you looked at his arms. It wasn't like he was, you know, chiseled or anything. He had a lot of bulk, obviously, but he was one of those guys that, you know, you look at him and he's like, Hey, that's a big dude. And he's ridiculously strong. And there are guys that have crazy, you know, ripped arms, bigger arms than him. And weren't nearly as strong as him. It's almost like Larry Allen. Larry Allen is probably the strongest person who's ever played in the NFL. His strength is just ridiculous. But you look at him, you go, yeah, he's a huge dude. But, like, his arms even had fat on him. You know, he had a little bit of (laughs) extra skin there. And yet he was the strongest dude ever. So, it's you know, if you have extra skin on your arms, you're, you're not a crazy lifting weights type of guy. But he was just naturally crazy strong and Justin Smith is kind of the defensive counterpoint to that yeah Larry Allen in my opinion Larry Allen is the best Hall of Famer at all time was great made all pro teams at multiple positions on the offensive line 11 Pro Bowl six-time all pro only played with the Niners for two years sadly but uh the guy was a freak every once in a while I'll just go and you can YouTube Larry Allen bench press at the like off-season strength challenge thing that they used to do And I think he puts it up like 50 times, some incredible amount. He he's just flying through these. He's lifting the bar like it's a toothpick and it's 225. You know, I often wonder like if you could get an honest take from like NFL linebackers that played opposite of him when he got like a free release and got to that second level, if they went off me because they saw Larry (laughs) Allen charging at them because they knew like it's literally Larry Allen to a linebacker. Or even a lot of the defensive linemen that he played opposite was. It was like a father going against his little son. You know, he can literally just throw them aside like they're nothing. Yeah, when you saw that number 73 or 71 when he was with the Niners coming at you, you knew you were screwed. Uh, He was just an absolute monster. All right, I think that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Hit us up if you have any questions. If you do have a question, put it in your review on iTunes. Please follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We are going to be here for you every single day. Other people complaining about the slow time, you know, trying to delay things until the season starts. We are going to be here for you. You want Niners content, and we will provide it for you, except when Levin goes on vacation. Somebody here is due for a vacation himself, so we'll see. Listen. I don't, I'm like Dwight Schrute in the office, right? I don't celebrate birthdays. I don't take vacation. I don't celebrate any major holidays. This is it. I live for this stuff. Uh, I cannot wait for the season to start. We are like a month away before we get into heavy duty Niners news. Cause once training camp starts, Levin, 
the dissection of Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo is going to start? How does Debo Samuel look? Is Mike McGlinchey getting trucked by defensive backs? Like, it is going to be, there's going to be news every single day coming out. Yeah. The, I mean, the Trey Lance to Jimmy Garoppolo, if you thought that was, uh, got old, I guess, since the draft, just wait. Because training camp is going to be a whole bunch of hot takes. Every single day, there's going to be columnists, oh, it's definitely Trey Lance. They've already made the switch. <laughs> and then the next day, there'll be an article, Jimmy Garoppolo has solidified himself. Trey Lance not ready. Yeah, every day. Oh, yeah, and get ready for practice numbers, practice box scores <laughs> yeah. to be tweeted out. Trey Lance, three of five, threw a couple of picks. It, it's coming. Brace yourself for that, but we will be here for all of it. Again, follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. Enjoy your week, everybody. We'll talk to you next time.